The Trinity Center for Spiritual Living appreciates your selecting our podcast service as a part of your spiritual journey. The TCSL podcast has over 1,000 downloads a month worldwide by individuals just like you seeking to expand their spiritual magnificence. To express your gratitude and donate for the good you hear and the growth you experience from our lesson, visit our website at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate. As you donate, affirm, my offering affirms my commitment and my willingness to be an inlet and an outlet for the abundant good and energy of divine spirit. Please enjoy the latest podcast from the Trinity Center for Spiritual Living. <laughs> good morning. I'm just taking you all in, feeling your light, your love, and you are beautiful. So thank you for being here today. I don't hear that this is on, but I don't think it matters. You all can hear me, right? Am I on? Can you tell? Maybe I unplugged myself or turned myself off. Who knows? Let's just see. I don't care. Can you hear me? Oh, baby. <laughs> it took me a minute. Sometimes I'm just slow. <sighs> so... Uh, my topic today is heaven here and now. And Soren Kierkegaard uh, describes a huge vestibule with two giant doors. Over one door, the sign says heaven. Over the other door, the sign says lecture on heaven. <laughs> That's not what you're expecting. And do you know where the throngs of people were going? They were going to the lecture. So the question is, are you ready for heaven on earth, heaven, here and now. And do you believe and know in your heart of hearts that you can and perhaps already are experiencing that? So I'm going to just share some little keys that I have found in my life of living these principles that can really bring heaven on earth, that can help us live in alignment with the divine. Um, you know, John, uh, what's his name? John Paul, no, who knows? Uh, pope John Paul, oh, by the way, he was a pope, said he heaven and hell are states of mind. Heaven and hell are states of mind. So we can have heaven right here. And of course, you know, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within. The kingdom of God is within. It depends how they translate that word, you know, through all the translations. But really what he's saying is the divine is right here, and we are that presence. We are the new, unique expression of that. So... How do we get there? How do we really live what our heart desires? The first thing is to dream big. Dream really big. Uh, sometimes we just get carried away in life and we don't stop to think about what is it my heart desires? You know, Emma Curtis Hopkins says, how many of you know even who she is, right? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, she's a fabulous teacher, kind of one of the forerunners of our philosophy. Um, she says, my God is my good. And my good is my God. Well, that sounded great to me. I went through school, became a minister. I still didn't really, honestly, know exactly what that meant, but I thought it sounded great. And then I took a workshop from Kathy Ann Lewis, wonderful minister, Dr. Kathy Ann. And I got so clearly a new understanding, a deep understanding of what that means. What it really means is that when I'm living what my heart desires, my good, when I'm really living that, I'm totally in alignment with spirit. I am living as the full presence of the divine. I'm a healing presence. I bring the light to the world, right? So, you know, how, so her first point was, and my point is, that we need to get in touch with what it is my heart really desires. 
And do we take time away from the busyness of the life to just go within and be still and see? And I'll tell you the secret I learned from her about knowing whether it really is my heart's desire is you can't help but light up when you get in touch with it. You can't help but smile if you know what you really want. If it's a should or ought to, it's not going to light you up. <laughs> and sometimes we think what we want is something we, we know we should. It's so easy to do that. <laughs> I still do it sometimes. I'm trying really hard to just, is that going to light me up? Does that make me smile? Does my heart really want that? And when we notice that, when we tune into our physical response, we're, we're clear. And our path is made clear. So dream big is the first thing. And, and um, really take some, some time to go beyond what you think is possible. Because so often we, we have an idea, you know, there's this uh, sphere of availability, they call it. Some have called it. And that is, these are the things I think are possible for me. Within this sphere is what's available to me, what I could possibly experience and have in my life. I want you to go beyond that. What's a bigger thing outside of that? What else could it be? Just ask yourself that question. This week's going to be fun for you because you're going to be doing all of that, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, okay, good. I just wanted to hear that, yes. Are you going to do that this week? Yes. Beyond my sphere of availability. All right. Amen. Um, so set your intention. So, you know, we have a dream, but do we really believe we can have it? Do you really have a sense of knowing it is mine? It is manifesting now. You know, the thing is, there's no time in God. You can decide it's going to take me so long to get a job or to get what a relationship. And that's, that's what will happen. You could also say it could happen now, and boom, you have it. So I have a little story about myself. I like to tell stories about myself to new people that haven't heard them already. <clears throat> about 30, more than 30 years ago, I was working. I was managing a data center and a programming staff. My background is uh, finance and then developing software for accounting-type applications. So um, I was getting $45,000 a year, which 33 years ago was pretty good living. No, I was getting 40. I got to do this right. I was getting 40. And someone came to me. I wasn't looking for a new job. I'd been with this company for 10 years and sort of climbed the corporate ladder. And uh, someone came to me and wanted to hire me away. And they basically said, name your price. Name your salary. We'll pay you whatever you want. Well, dang. You know, I gave myself more than a 10% raise. I went to 45, and I thought that was pretty good because 10% would be 44, you know. You know, raises would be 5% maybe. So I said, well, at least 10% and more. But I could have gone higher, and they would have said this. I kept throwing the ball back in their court and saying, well, what would you like to pay me? And they just said, you just tell us what you want. They, they wouldn't let me get off the hook, so I had to name my number. So I said 45. So I went to work for this consulting company, traveling around the U.S., installing software, training people, modifying it for them. And, um, and I loved it. After at my second year um, review, performance evaluation, my boss said, you are doing such a great job. Oh, I forgot to tell you the first part. When he hired me, he said, okay, the range for this position is forty-five dollars to $60,000. That's an important key right there, forty-five dollars to sixty. So year two... He said, you're doing such a great job, I'm not sure how much of a raise to give you this year. You know, I'm not sure. And he was just, once again, turning to me and saying, what do you think would be right with the work you've been doing? And so I didn't say, you know, 50. I didn't say 55. I just said simply, well, you know my goal is 60,000, because that's the top, he told me, right? That's all I said. My goal is 60,000, having no idea somewhere in there that he'd give me a raise. So I had to catch a plane. I was up in Northern California. My office was in Southern California. Here's, and 
So uh, he, finally, he finally left the room and he came back just before I had to leave for that plane. And he said, okay, 60,000. And I like just about fell off my chair, but I just smiled. I, I stayed very calm. But I have to tell you, driving to the airport, I was like dancing in my seat. Woohoo! Woohoo! It's so good. It's so good. So my intention was 60, right? I had no idea. I think when you begin to think about setting an intention, is not so much the number, not so much the person, not so much the item or the thing. What is it? Yes, thank you. It's that experience, our own internal experience of living in the joy, living in the energy, living in the life of God. So uh, one year later, the Southern California office was closed because all the work dried up. We had finished a huge project for the colleges and universities in Hawaii, and there wasn't that much work left. This was kind of the slump in the IT or software development period. And so I lost my job. <laughs> That never happens, right? <laughs> the interesting thing is I was in practitioner two at the time. So um, like that wasn't part of the plan. This should all be working perfectly. So, but you know what? Because I've been in this my whole life, I said to myself, then there must be something better. I mean, it's true. I had that sinking sensation, but that only lasted a moment when I heard the news. Of course, they gave me a nice severance, and I had some time. And at that time, because there was this slump, what they were saying was, for every $10,000 you make, it'll take you a month to find a job. So if I make $60,000, it's going to take me six months to find a job. Or I could settle for less and get it more quickly. But, you know, I didn't buy into what they were saying out there. Would you? No. Good. That's what I want to hear. Okay. Can't wait to tell you what happened next, but I need a drink of water. Is this actually working? Oh, it is working. Maybe I just had to put it up here where it goes. So... So I figured six months, but I didn't buy that. About six weeks later, I thought to myself, it's just me, really, Dan, it's perfect. I'm sorry, thank you. I just it fell down to my neck. There we go, because I can hear myself now. So I thought to myself after six weeks, see, there we are, that um, it's time to get my resume ready. I had a little break. I was exhausted. I'd been working 50 hours a week, and I was ready to go look for a job, you know find something good. I thought I could always do taxes. if it were, It's coming up in tax season. It's January. But um, I got a call. I hadn't even done my resume. I got a call on Wednesday saying, I heard you might be available. I said, yeah. <laughs> I had an appointment I'm up in Los Angeles. I live in San Diego, near San Diego, for Friday. Went up there, had an interview. They hired me for $120,000 a year. Okay, are you falling off your seat yet? Woohoo! So, what I'm saying is the intention is to have the lifestyle you want. Money is about freedom. Money is about being generous and giving. It's about being in the flow and being able to do all the things you want to do in the world to transform the world into the world that really works for all. And so, I know that this was, you know, just the perfect spiritual unfolding. So, the point is here set an intention about your life and what you really want. Anything is possible. Don't limit your thinking in any way. Okay? Yes, yes. I'm sure you're ready to do that. Now, here's the thing. Once you set that intention, you know this stuff. You all know this. But it's so good for me to remind myself, speak the truth. Your words are powerful. We want to get out of the habit. This comes from Bruce Sanguine. We want to get out of the habit of speaking out of yesterday's truth. It isn't evolutionary. What the, world, what the world needs is the word that is, needs to be spoken now. Because our words 
not only describe reality in the past, but they create our reality of the future. The Dhammapada, which are the sayings of the Buddha. Chapter 1, verse 1. Everybody knows this stuff. What we are today comes from our thoughts of yesterday. And our present thoughts build our life of tomorrow. Our life is the creation of our mind. If a man speaks or acts with an impure mind, suffering follows him as the wheel of the cart follows the beast that draws the cart. Verse 2. What we are today comes from our thoughts of yesterday and our present thoughts build build our life of tomorrow. Our life is the creation of our mind. If a man speaks or acts with a pure mind, joy follows him as his own shadow. So the pure mind are the words and the thoughts that run through our mind. And it's keeping those thoughts creative instead of destructive, looking back. It's so easy to just, even when we look into the future, sometimes there's an issue we have to, you know, I teach conflict management. Sometimes there's an issue we have to deal with, and we start to rehearse it. Have you ever rehearsed things in your mind? What am I doing here? Maybe it's back here. Um, And so are you rehearsing the best outcome, or are you rehearsing what you're afraid might happen? It is me popping here. That's the question. I think I just... just, No, I'm there. Good. Sorry about all the distraction. I'm still having fun with you. I hope you're still present with me. (laughs) Good. So radical honesty, being honest, comes from a real self-love. In other words, what our thoughts are, they need to be based on who we really know we are and about the possibility that we are creating for our lives. Not about being afraid of what might happen, but trusting that we are guided in all that we do, in every interaction, in everything that we do in life, so that whatever we're experiencing brings to us, creates in our life the very best. You have the little card. You know, when I saw that card today, I thought, oh, that's a quote from my talk, but I forgot that I'd actually given Reverend Tony a quote from my talk for the little card. (laughs) I thought, oh, that's interesting. They stole my quote, but no, I gave him the quote. Here it is. I can teach anybody. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. That's a different quote. <laughs> Let's see where it is to say that. Within you is a divine capacity to manifest and attract all that you need or desire. Within you. It doesn't have to come from outside, and that's the thing, you know. We don't try to figure out how it's going to come, right? Or how it's going to happen in our lives. I also have this wonderful quote from Mark Twain, which says, I can teach anybody how to get whatever they want out of life. I can teach anybody how to get whatever they want out of life. The problem is, I can't find anybody who can tell me what they want. I once had a minister say, you know, people come to me for counseling or for counsel, for spiritual support, for prayer, and, I, and they, tell me all their, they tell me all about their problem. And so I say, well, what do you want? And they tell me all about their problem some more. And I say, well, what do you want? And they tell me some more about their problem. <laughs> so often we just get stuck in the problem that we don't get in touch with what it is we want. So let's move away from that, what has been, and even what we're worried about in the future, and stand solid in knowing what we do want and begin to embody it and experience it. So speaking the truth, our goal is to feel right here, right now, as if we already have it. We're already on the other side. Don't let anything interfere with that. Does that make sense? This is just so fun. I think I just want to go like this and hold it here or something. (laughs) Okay, so... 
Here's the secret to all of that. One of the most powerful things we really can do is our spiritual experience, to really take time for prayer and meditation. I had an experience of um, my husband is an athlete, and I'm uh, not as athletic as him, so I really like to have a good excuse not to have to do the things he wishes I was doing with him, like, you know, hike five miles around a lake that has a dam that you have to go down and back up mountains, you know. And so I really believe that sometimes our physical body manifests our heart's desire, and um, probably I didn't want to be as active. This is my lazy butt period in my life some time ago. And so what, what manifested for me was in my big toe, no cartilage, bone on bone. And it's very painful. I took my doctor to the podiatrist. We looked at the x-rays. He suggested surgery. They could uh, fuse the bones. They could take some skin off my hip and put it between the bones, which would last three to five years. None of that sounded good to me. And I, finally, I had this idea because I decided I didn't like that even though it was a great excuse not to be an athlete. So I decided to pray for my feet. Now, I could have said to myself, and I actually did, but I got over it, well, you know, I'm just getting older. This is what happens. The body starts to wear down. It's going to be like this, and it'll probably get worse. Have you ever done that? No. Okay, well, stop. No more. So here's what happened. In my meditation... I just knew, my, my whole being knew that I needed to walk. My body wanted to move more and walk. My feet did not want to walk, but my body did. So I said to my husband, honey, in my meditation, I got that I need to walk. And he, but first I have to demonstrate how I walk, because the deal is when your big toe hurts, when you bend it, you walk slowly and you keep your fat feet flat. So, you know, you walk very slowly. You don't walk fast. This is how I walked. You might have seen me walking a little better than that today. Um, and, and I was an usher at the Old Globe, so we'd have to walk a long way from the car, and everybody would have to go slow with me because I could walk slightly faster than this, but it was not happy. My feet weren't happy because my toes were bending. So my husband said, oh, honey, I'll do anything. I'm with you. We went to a track. It's a third of a mile around, so three times around is a mile. I could go about a halfway around that track, and my feet were killing me. We'd just hobble back to the car, just hobble back. But we kept going. My body liked the movement. My feet did not. I want you to know within a very few months, I was walking two miles. And I want you to know that today, I can walk like this, <laughs> bending my toes with no pain at all. Okay, I want to hear a yay! Yay! That's, you know, that's, that is how this stuff works. I have no idea what happened. I grew, regrew cartilage, the nerve side. I don't know. But, I'm, you know, our physical bodies are right here. We can do amazing things with faith, amazing things if we listen to them. And I'm just, you know, thrilled. Now I walk around the lake with my husband. And I'm a happy camper, and so is he. Life is so good. So here's the deal, too. I'm out of breath. I think I'll take a drink of water. I'm so excited. <laughs> Sharing the, sharing the good news. When you're going out on the great adventure of life, be willing to fail. Do not beat yourself up when things don't go just the way you thought they should. Do not judge yourself. Let that all go. You know, the GPS, when you go, don't go the wrong way, just gently says, make a U-turn. You know, and you need to just make a U-turn. No judgment. Just turn back. Do something different. It's a message. The universe 
is a great cosmic problem solver. Every failure is information. The bigger the mistake, the bigger the opportunity. So you should uh, pat yourself on the back when things don't work because you've learned something. Our intention, I like this. This is from Bruce Sanguine again. Our intention is to soften the internal and external voices of judgment that limit our creative expression, our leaning into a preferred future. So that does not get you where you want to be. So fail bravely, enjoy the mistakes, pat yourself on the back and say, here we go. We're going to get what we want. That makes it easier, right? Michael Jordan said, I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I have lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I have been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Live life full out. And here's what Abraham Lincoln says. He says, success is going from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. <laughs> so don't hold back. And finally, stay committed. If you have a dream, no matter how unrealistic, set that intention, do all these steps, but stay committed. And this is from Emma. She says, I will tell you that between you and your good, which belongs to you and which you ought to have, is your idea of the absence of good. I'm going to do that one more time. It's just powerful. I will tell you that between you and your good, which belongs to you and which you ought to have is your idea of the absence of good. So it, our idea must be of the good. Our focus must be of the good. We must constantly move there and be willing to just let go, not trying to figure out the how or the where from, but just trusting that it is already ours and your life is already lighting up from all of that. I'm going to end with a quote from, well, a quote and a few more things. No, <laughs> quote from Johannes Gutag. He says, the most amazing things begin to happen when you make a commitment. All the forces of the universe gather beyond your comprehension, beyond your immediate power, beyond your understanding. All support, all funds, all guidance, all intuition come from the moment that you make a commitment. So bi dream big. Set your intention. Whatever. Fail bravely. <laughs> Speak only words of truth that create the future you want and stay committed to that. Keep moving forward so your heart can just simply light up. Ah, yes. What else do I want to say? All right. Repeat after me. Today, I choose thoughts of good. Today, I choose thoughts of good. Today, I choose thoughts of love. Today I choose thoughts of forgiveness. Today I choose thoughts of harmony. Today I choose thoughts of joy. This is my strengthening food for my of my soul. This is my strengthening food of my soul. And so let's just turn within and know the highest truth. So I just invite you to join me in whatever way you wish to. Open your heart and mind right here, right now, to the wonder of life, the presence of the divine, the power, the love, the joy that is God dwelling within each one of us. 
bringing that guidance, that wisdom forth in all that we are, in all that we do, in every thought we think. Right here, right now, I know that I am one with the one. I am the light and the love of God on earth. And I stand in faith, knowing that what my heart desires is already manifesting in my life. I am accepting fully that this good is mine. I take a moment to just feel how it feels to experience that good. To feel it, to see it, to experience it, to know it, to become this truth in my life. I know that the ideas that come forth in my mind that the desire of my heart is already happening. Easily, effortlessly. My way is made easy. It is well lit. I know the steps to take, the words to speak in every situation. I feel a calm and confident expectancy of good, of joy, of freedom, of health and vitality of abundance, of loving relationships. I know the words spoken here, the words in my heart, are already done. And so I can let go and let the divine wisdom handle the details. Just stepping forward in life, knowing I, too, am the light. I touch lies just by being who I am. I am the loving, healing presence of the divine. And so as I let go with a grateful heart, I just affirm this. Will you join me? And let's affirm together by saying, and so it is. So it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you again for selecting the Trinity Center for Spiritual Living podcast for your spiritual journey and for the expression of your generosity at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate.